0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
0: And I'm Julie Douglas.
1: You know, Julie, I, I found out very recently after almost three years working here that there is a shower, uh, like a full bathroom and shower on this floor. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, of course a high ranking official. We cannot disclose the person's name, but yeah, they have a shower. Yeah. And now that person is no longer in that area. And, uh, I think all of us riffraff have taken it over.
1: Well, no, well, I, last I checked, I mean, maybe you have a well, key. Well, not the shower. The shower. Yeah. I don't think anybody can get into the actual executive bathroom, but, uh, unless
0: you have a special key.
1: Yeah. The executive key. <coughs> I mean, and mean, somebody may have it. I don't know. Somebody's <coughs> don't benefiting know who, from it instead would... of using the the public, uh, squalor toilets that the rest of us uh, used, but, it makes you think. It's like cleanliness, right, is le- is next to godliness. That's the old old That's saying. That's right? yeah. yeah. So if you are a high ranking executive, then you're a little closer to godliness in the the corporate uh, ladder of things, and therefore you get to bathe as much as you want. Like you can have like a morning meeting, take a shower, get uh-huh. out, dry off, uh, have another conference call, then another meeting, then another shower. You can get get up to like five showers a day.
0: Okay. So, sure. You, you, you're that executive. You're very clean. You mm-hmm. have a lot of Lamborghinis, a nice income. You have, uh, many, uh, choices of, of mustaches that you could wear. I'm and assuming this is, I'm assuming this is a, like yes. a, a luxe thing, right? I, I, yeah. Executive. I'm assuming
1: this is every executive uh, yes. ha- has this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. But uh, here's a little something I'm going to throw down there that you don't have. What's that? You probably don't have good bacteria. Ooh, and that's how it is. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you have all the money in the world. If you don't have good bacteria, you ain't got nothing.
1: <laughs> so this this comes down to the idea that that maybe uh, on one hand you have the the, the clean cut executives, and the other the dirty hippies. Yes. And then maybe the dirty hippies um, who not only uh, don't have a shower at work, might not even be using their shower at home every day. Right. Um. That they may have the right philosophy here. They may have yeah. the correct way of life yeah. in this culture war of bathing.
0: Well, okay. We talked a little bit, uh, you know, we talked about this in the, in the podcast about is your gut a genius? We talked about all the bacteria in your gut and what's going on there. Similarly, scientists, researchers are starting to look at the bacteria in our skin and say, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. There's a lot more going on here at skin deep level than we knew about before. Perhaps it's not a good idea to wash away a lot of good bacteria. And in fact, there's something called the Human Microbiome Project, which is essentially mapping the skin's ecosystem. And uh, the skin's
1: ecosystem. Yeah, they're okay. calling it the
0: skin's ecosystem, which was really cool. And they're even saying that it's it's a lot like a zoo, and that there's much more diversity, or, or maybe even like a rainforest. Um okay. Yeah. So they're saying that the human body is resembling a super organism.
1: Okay. So my body, my my skin rather, is a jungle. Yes. And I should maybe not get up every morning and slash and burn it in the shower.
0: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this. I don't know what everybody's uh, jungles are like with their armpits, so I'm not suggesting that people don't bathe. However, we do have good data that perhaps it's not as necessary as before. This, this sort of American ideal of cleanliness and godliness isn't exactly the right path.
1: Right. Well, the, I, the connection between cleanliness and godliness is really fascinating and, and pretty much spans this, the entire length of human history. There's a great book out there called uh, Clean, A History of uh, Personal Hygiene and Purity by Virginia Smith. And I, I highly recommend picking this up if anybody's really interested in this, because it basically... She exhaustively um, analyzes the uh, the emergence and uh, and and advancement of, on one hand, hygiene, which is my body needs to be clean sometimes because it gets dirty, and if it gets too dirty, there's a problem. Right. And then the idea of purity, the idea that ah. yes, exactly, that my my soul is pure, that that there's a connection in, in between physical and spiritual purity or mental purity and these two issues become intertwined throughout human history right so suddenly we have situations where it's like oh i'm going into the sauna to sweat out my illness and also maybe atone for sins and just it just gets just complicated and intertwined throughout history right so we have this thing this cleanliness and godliness that if i can if if i can scrub it out then uh then i'm going to be better in the long run right
0: yeah we have that so we've got that that sort of um you know, Alatross of history on us, right? That has colored our perception of, of bathing and mm-hmm. hygiene. And then we also have, uh, the American Civil War in which Frederick Law Olmsted, if that sounds familiar, he was the guy who, um, created Central Park or was the architect for oh, Central Oh, yes, Park. yes,
1: at Olmsted, yeah.
0: Yeah. But he was actually on the Union side. He created a big sanitation campaign and he basically said, look, um, let's, you know, for all the soldiers, um, coming in off warfield, you know, if they're, if they're, um, uh, even if they're just hanging out, uh, let alone they've got some sort of wound, let's make sure that they're cleaned regularly, that their linens are cleaned regularly, and that the walls and, you know, the hospitals and whatnot are all cleaned. And they found that that greatly decreased disease and illness. So all of a sudden people have that aha moment and we're like, oh yeah, we should probably do this all the time. <laughs> which has led to our obsession with bathing.
1: Well, I also have to say, as a I, I'll admit that I am sometimes a comp- Maybe not compulsive, but I, I love a good shower. You know, I mean, it's like I get sure. up in the morning and on one level, yes, I want to feel clean. Um, on another level, I want my hair to not stand straight up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also it's just like you're, you're hit with all this hot water. It wakes you up. It, it refreshes you. It, it's just, you know, you, you're living completely in the moment while that water is on your face.
0: And, and- there's nothing wrong with that. It's no. the, it's the soap thing.
1: Yes, well,
0: that becomes yeah. problematic if you do it all the time. Right, right.
1: I the- mean, on like one level, of that is the whole no poo movement, which is isn't quite as strange as it sounds because when I first uh, a friend of mine was like, "Yeah, I'm doing this no poo thing," and I'm like, "Whoa, I don't know if that's possible." I think it's might yeah, die. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm still um, hoping. What is if- shampoo?
1: Shampoo? No okay, poo. Yeah. all
0: right. Well, you know,
1: I mean, <laughs> I know. Well, that's where my for my... me,
0: that categorically. Yeah. it's just I'm gonna go there. So. Well,
1: yeah, when I first I was like, yeah, let's if that's possible, I'm I'm on board. Because, no, no, you know? it's
0: actually with the, the shampoo thing it is actually really good for
1: Yeah, I was talking about not pooing ever again. Like that's that's also good for me. But uh but not, not using shampoo. And the idea being that your hair is gonna be better off in the long run if you're not right. either the, the more extreme version being that you're not using all these harsh soaps. Soap. Right.
0: The idea is to distribute yeah. the oils rather than strip them away. Right. Same and thing with the skin though. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know if you know this, but this is so crazy. There are ten bacterial cells for every one human cell. Wow. So you know, if they had a quorum, like you wouldn't even have a vote there, right? <laughs> Basically. Um, and then although some of the bacteria on our skin is is foreign and can make us sick, most of it is harmless, and a lot of it is beneficial. So there's this a great New York Times um article called "The Great Unwashed." And in that article, they say that good bacteria are educating your own skin cells to make your own antibiotics, says Dr. Richard Gallo, and he's the chief of dermatology division at the University of California, San Diego. So we know what he's talking about. And so they essentially produce their own antibiotics that kill off bad bacteria. So if you are showering three times a day, then you're you're probably going to have a real problem in terms of that good bacteria that you're stripping off. And you're actually going to be damaging your skin cells and making it more apt perhaps to actually have that bad bacteria glom onto it
1: yeah the u.s centers for disease control and prevention actually warns that um that um that washing and scrubbing um excessively or in an environment like a hospital where you're you're constantly using these antibacterials and you're wearing gloves that you can get uh irritant contact uh dermatitis which is uh Actually, an occupational risk for healthcare professionals. And, uh, also excessive scrubbing can wear away the stratum, uh, corneum, which is the outmost skin barrier. Mm-hmm. So the, you, you know, if you're regularly breaching this, drying it out, it's getting irritated and cracked. Like you say, it's going to be, um, more susceptible to pathogens. It's like cleaning out a, uh, a neighborhood, uh, like, a, you know, everybody gets foreclosed on, suddenly all these empty houses and less reputable things and people may move into those homes. You know, you you clean out the natural environment of bacteria. Right. You know, who knows what the what the next tenants are going to so be. So you're like. saying
0: behind my ear might become a crack den.
1: Yes, a yeah. crack den of bacterial mayhem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I I thought that might be the case. Um, this is actually interesting too. The places on the human body where there are uh, different types of diversity. Because again, remember you've got all that bacteria, and it's mm-hmm. not just one kind of bacteria. There's actually I read somewhere there's like a thousand different type of bacteria on your skin at this very moment. Um, scientists actually expected to find the most bacteria and the most diversity in moist, dark environments, such as our underarms, between our toes. Um, how do I say this delicately? Our, um, our crackus, butkus?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the, the Latin, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, but it was actually the forearms that have the most bacterial diversity
1: like the the inside of the forearm?
0: Well they they didn't say exactly. Or the outside? I think I'm going to yeah. guess it's on the inside just because you know your your arm is going up and down hmm. and perhaps I don't know this is Julie's like flimsy theory and you might <laughs> you might have more uh Contact with your other skin, right? Right. I don't know. Uh, but actually, the forearm has 44 bacteria species on average. Uh-huh. By comparison, the behind the ear only saw 19 bacteria species.
1: Wow. So like the worst, like instead of like thinking about like spitting on somebody if you're really mad at somebody, come up to them and just start rubbing your your forearms against their face, just like right. one on both side, up and down. Yeah. Against their cheeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then also the the crease of the arm, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um. So you know that's. That kind of makes sense because that's sort of a waste area.
1: That really, so that, I found that really interesting because a lot of times when I'm on the, uh, the MARTA, the public transportation train here we have in Atlanta, um, you know, it's just, it's just like, uh, you know, the, it's just, it's just like the London tube except, uh, smaller and less efficient. Um, Mind the gap. Yeah. It's, uh, but, but I'm generally reluctant to actually touch surfaces with my fingers. Right. So I will wrap my arm around it and actually end up clutching the, uh, the, 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 the bar. Mm. With that, uh, you know, area right below the, what a, what are we calling it? The opposite of the elbow, the inner the, elbow, the, the, the
0: inner, inner, inner of the crease of crease, your, yeah. your arm.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm doing I'm I thought I was doing a good thing. I'm actually doing my part to dirty up Marta. Apparently. Yeah, you're
0: getting all funky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then there's the whole thing where they say, you know, of course, cover your mouth when you sneeze or, or cough. Right. But people have been encouraging to use, uh, us to use the vampire or the Dracula method, right? Where yeah. you bring it up and you cover your, um, nose and mouth with the, uh, with the crook of your elbow there. The right? crook. Yeah, yes. the crook. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, um, that sounded great. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not going to be, you know, using that for anything. I'm yeah. not, you know, putting my food there and eating out of it. So um but it, but it turns out it's like, oh, I'm, I might be getting a little sick. Here, let me press my face up, uh, up against the dirtiest, <laughs> most bacterial populated part of my body.
0: Let me blow out this possible, uh, you know, virus yes. now into the crook of my <laughs> elbow with the 44 bacteria and see if I can create my own little petri dish and then rub it on some mass transportation like pole and yeah. yeah.
1: You look down and there's like, there are little cities emerging there.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, little skyscrapers.
1: This presentation is brought to you by Intel, sponsors of Tomorrow.
0: But that's, uh, again, that's... The surprise of all of this is, that it, you know, from what I could tell in the research, it wasn't until 2007 that people actually started to look at the skin and say, what about the bacteria there? Um, and another really cool stat that, that we found is that the most stable skin sites look more similar across different people than separate skin sites on one person. Hmm. So that means that strangers often share the same bacteria living on their underarms, even as two separate sites on the same person contain wildly different bacteria. So if you ever, like, you know, you feel really separate from humanity, just think about that. Just think about your your armpits uniting all of us.
1: <laughs> it's a beautiful thought. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, th- thinking about it, it's like it's only been since the 40s and 50s that uh, that we've really gotten into the whole, like, must bathe every day kind of thing. And in a lot modern of modern
0: conveniences, yeah, right? modern
1: conveniences. Everybody suddenly has a bathroom. Um, it's why if you you stay at older hotels, you frequently find the whole uh, exterior bathroom thing, and you're 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 like, whoa, I can't believe I'm playing X amount of night, and I've got to walk out in the middle of the night to go pee. Right. But that's just part of it. But 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 the, but the the core here is that long before this, for millions of years before this, we were not taking baths every day. It's just it's a, a part of our development that we were dirtier people
0: and well and also are
1: a funkier people we were a
0: funkier people and uh technology has changed us so much i mean even if you're a farmer today you're probably still not um in the soil quite as much as you were before right? right because we have machines that are taking care of things so we're not getting as so crazy dirty as we were before that to the point where you come home from your job and it's just like
1: you've Let got me. coal
0: dust you know underneath yeah. your your nail bed I mean, it still happens, right? But it's just not as frequent.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I don't take a shower when I come in in the afternoon from work, because that would be a little silly, since I generally don't break a se- sweat in the course of a day. Unless, well, maybe I should sometimes if I'm on MARTA, and it's... Pretty, I don't know. Really
0: you, maybe you're just trying to slough all that, those e-pollutants.
1: Yeah, that's true. From your, yeah. from your computer. E-pollutants, and then just sort of smog and exhaust and, and all that. Okay, so maybe maybe i should take a shower when i get home but but the point being uh, i'm not toiling in the mud i'm not you know i'm not returning home like streaked in the excrement of uh, various farm animals
0: oh, that's, most days that's beautiful yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> it's not like the the black plague era right like there's there's yeah. not urine hopefully um in the streets and in feces and so on and so forth
1: yeah and it's also even if i am breaking a sweat it's uh like sweat in and of itself is not like stink juice coming out of your body no it's um uh, now, you, you let sweat set, you let it go on, un- unwashed, then, uh, then things can get a, a little extra funky, I guess. But, yeah, uh, I mean,
0: sweat is not the enemy, actually, right? right. That's not the, the funk causing, um, active ingredient here.
1: Right. And, it- if, and, in fact, I've heard, um, actually from, there was a, a this American life uh, several years back where some guys intentionally went, uh, became homeless. They were kind of down on their luck and they're like, Hey, well, it would be easier if we just went ahead and became homeless, lived on the streets in New York where there are a lot of, you know, so we won't have to worry about going hungry because we mm-hmm. know where to hit and where to go. Um, but but early on in the process, they were very into like, all right, we're going to but we're going to avoid falling into these into the trap of being like stinky bums. And one of the things they advocated was was washing the socks was just vital. Yeah. And they they're, they're said that if you ever like smell somebody on public transportation is down on their, their luck and kind of grimy and there's just they're reeking there's a good chance it's sock funk that's going on. Yeah. Socks just, you know, completely, you know, they soak with sweat, et cetera, and then they just, stuff starts growing.
0: I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. right? You're just, yeah. you've got your own little ecosystem in your shoes.
1: Yeah, and nobody's making the argument that the dirty hippies, uh, I mean, they generally don't even wear socks, right? No, no. Just like, open-tilled open sandals. Yeah. 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 See, again, there you or go. Birkenstocks, is that the? That is yeah. like
0: sort of, I think, the the hierarchical, type of footwear that's <laughs> worn by hippies. Um, but the, also, the other thing here is the African glands. And these are glands that are found in the breast, genital area, eyelids, armpits, and ear. And in the breast, they if you're wondering, like, why are they in the breast? Uh, they actually secrete fat droplets into the breast milk. Um, they're not making smelly breasts or anything. Okay. Um, and in the ear, they help form earwax. So, again, that's the culprit here. It's not the fact that you actually sweat. -hmm. And I've also read before too that diet can obviously give you a funk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like if you're eating nothing but garlic and onions every day, day in day out. Yeah, fried chicken like twenty four seven. Yeah, if if your diet is nothing but fast food, fried foods, then uh, then yeah, it might it might have an effect on the way you smell.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know, with all that in mind. Still, I, I think that what's interesting about all of this is that, okay, we've got the discovery that there's good bacteria on the skin, and yet we have this very robust uh, antibacterial soap market that's in everything. It seems like it maybe have, has cooled off a little bit in the last year, but I mean, I was seeing it in body wash and so on and so forth, and actually, it's not ideal at all to be using antibacterial wash, at least the stuff that's used um, commercially. Right there's a place for it in hospitals, obviously.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, it's like maybe you keep it around for for times when, yes, some antibacterial soap would be a good idea. Right. You, you know, like you're doing something particularly dirty or you, you accidentally stick your hand in cat feces. I don't know. Um,
0: accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> or replacing uh, Dozy dough with the poles on yeah. uh, mass transit. Right. Yeah.
1: So. You might want a little Purell. Yeah, but it's like you just ate dinner and you got a little grease on your your fingers. Maybe not a good time to actually just scour the bacteria from yeah. your hands. Yeah,
0: and there are plenty of studies out there that have looked at the effectiveness of antibacterial soap and they're essentially saying that, that just a normal soaping, counting uh, your ABCs, you know, I think it's like under two minutes or something. Um, washing your hands for two minutes with just regular soap is much more effective than the antibacterial soap because the antib- antibacterial soap is, is actually stripping away the good bacteria along with the bad bacteria.
1: I think sometimes there's this sense with uh, with washing your hands though that it's it's kind of like bacteria and these these deadly things that can get in, into us, all these germs that they're kind of magic, and and therefore you're going to need something equally magical to get rid of it. I don't know if that 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 really makes sense. Like I like I I know on a on a scientific level what's going on with germs, right? But but still, there's this sense like like uh, like there are germs everywhere, and uh, and they're these kind of magical unseen things, and so you're going to need something with a little magical potency to it to take it out, and not just something that kind of smells nice. It's
0: hmm, I see what you're saying. It's
1: kind of like it's kind of crazy. I'm I admit, but I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people must see it that way, you know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we are we talking about like
1: like I used to use antibacterial soaps a lot more till my uh, my wife convinced me not to. Okay. So um, and and I think part of it when I was using it all all the all the time, it was like if I'm going to wash my hands. They're going to be as clean as possible. Then they're going to if there's any risk of of germs getting on my hand, I'm going to go ahead and nip that in the bud. Right. Because it could be these these hidden invisible. You know, it's like putting uh some sort of magic token up on the door to keep ghosts out. Or all something. right. So
0: it was like a talisman for you. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a.
1: a a weirdly like the evil eye. Yeah, a talisman like science looping back around and becoming folk tale <laughs> uh, all in the course of your hand washing.
0: Well, actually all that hand washing with antibacterial soap has given rise to something called the hygiene hypothesis, which mm-hmm. is actually really interesting because as, as we all know, there's been a huge uptick in allergies with children. And so the the hygiene hypothesis says basically that our super clean world is depriving our children's immune system, system of developing properly. So, instead of doing what it's supposed to do, which is to fight off bacteria it it doesn't really have that bacteria anymore really to fight off, so it's kind of
1: the mother boy effect, right where the like uh, you know mother mother boy like you're you're the the, the coddled like child mama's
0: that, boy oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that
1: that uh that is is protected from all the harsh realities of the er, right. of the world and then therefore can never really um survive <laughs> uh, unattended because they just have no defenses right, below. let
0: out into the wild yeah. it's it's then um Ravaged by a pack of lions. Yeah. Essentially, like, you know. Like Buster. Yeah. yeah. Except for except the pack of lions is actually your own immune system. Because mm. the immune system is looking for something to attack, right? And if there's no good or bad bacteria going on, or if there's very little bacteria that would normally be there, uh, then it would essentially turn to the person, right? And right. begin attacking the person. So it's, and that's what you see with some of the autoimmune, uh, system d- diseases today, right? Or even like something as simple as eczema flare-ups. I mean, that, there's a good theory there that says that those flare-ups happen when the bad bacteria is stripped off. So that's where the, all these allergies start to kick in.
1: It also reminds one of uh, some of these, uh, you know, pages from the history books of uh, of ancient empires and the idea that you want to keep the army away, invading people and uh, and causing turmoil uh, turmoil elsewhere because God help us if they come back to the city. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. then they're just going to turn on us and turn on themselves. I know. it's yeah. And it's going to
0: be like a Shakespeare play, at least the ending.
1: Yeah. Right. With a wedding?
0: Oh, it's usually a wedding or death. Sorry, oh, okay. I went dark.
1: Oh, you went dark. I thought you meant yeah. it was gonna end in a wedding. Okay. No, no.
0: I, right. I was thinking, you know, poison flasks, hemlock. Yeah. The like. Gotcha. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's why that, that's the case for being a, a dirty hippie, really.
1: Yeah, I'm still not completely convinced uh you know i'm not going to give up showering like i say i really like uh, some hot water splashing my face in the morning however yeah. i have um forced myself to not wash my hair every day um based i mean i've, I've been hearing it for a while but then like the last dude to cut my hair was like like yeah yeah you should just like maybe just wash it every other day so i'm trying that
0: you should yeah seriously what okay and not that everybody wanted some sort of um like, tips on this. but This um, is what
1: everyone wanted. The
0: <laughs> <today>. <laughs> tips on hair care. But really, if you massage your scalp and you redistribute the oils, then you're not going to have slick looking hair. I right. will tell you this because I it not that I want to reveal this, but reveal it. I just washed my hair after seven days. OK. Yeah. This morning. And it was not <laughs> it wasn't slick at all. Of course, you didn't see me before that. So you can't verify. But trust me. It's, that's what you do.
1: Wait, so your hair is better for having, like, okay, day, day seven. Was your hair better before you washed it or after?
0: Well, I mean, it was starting to get a little funky because it'd been seven days, you know, before I'd actually put shampoo on it. Okay. But my point is, is that it looked quite lovely, maybe, you know, of course, days one through five, <laughs> six, and seven looking a little bit funky, but it wasn't like an oil slick or anything. Right,
1: and it's not like you you get up the morning the next morning you haven't taken a shower, you haven't washed your hair rather in a day, and then it's suddenly chaos. It's suddenly bad. Right. Yeah.
0: The key is you have to massage your scalp,
1: and okay. redistribute the oils, massage scalp, redistribute oils. Gotcha. That's your takeaway. Gotcha. Yeah. Takeaway.
0: Um. <laughs> I did want to mention that uh, the author of Dirt Unclean, Katherine uh, uh, Ashenberg, has a lot of really great information about this, sort of the history of funk and the history of cleanliness. So uh, you guys might want to check that out as well. Cool.
1: Well, hey, I've got just uh, one quick listener mail here. Um, a listener by the name of Billy writes in with uh, a little contemplation about the um, role of robots in our future. It says, uh, greetings, I was listening to Love, Hate, and Robots. You mentioned the love bots like the one you called Roxy. That's with three X's. I am uh, very uh, constrict myself, but would this be adultery? It is it is not a living being. It would only be able to work outside a set parameter setting. However, physically, it would resemble a human. Also, um, what would happen if you had, had a sex bot and it downloaded a virus on the servo net? Okay, some interesting thoughts there. But, yeah. But uh, indeed, what would it be adultery if one started seeing a robot on the side? I don't know. What if I you just, saw one robot and then you were seeing another robot?
0: I'm still intrigued by the idea of robot STDs. Yeah. Which is essentially what he's talking
1: about. Yeah, which I, there's actually that case where the guy gave himself a, it wasn't sexually transmitted, no, but it no, was no. a computer transmitted virus in his body.
0: That's right. He had a um, RFID chip yeah. implanted and he gave himself a virus yeah. on that chip. So I don't know what the future holds there.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, hey, if you have some interesting uh, tidbits to share with us or just some con- com- contemplative ideas, uh, you can share them with us on Twitter or Facebook. We are blow the mind on both of those. And, you know, I want to mention that, uh, you know, they have these hashtags on Twitter. Uh, if you use Twitter, you are, are well aware of this. They're often used for bad humor. But uh, there's one particular hashtag that, that I have been following because the hashtag is blew my mind. One word. That's hashtag. The, the hash sign blew my mind. And I, I'm interested because I'm like, I wonder what's blowing everybody's mind on Twitter. It turns out very inane stuff is blowing people's minds. All
0: right. Lay it on us. Uh,
1: some A couple of, examples. Yes. Some of them are so bad I can't actually read them um, in the podcast. But, like, here's one. Uh, I don't know. Is it Biber or Bieber? Beeper. Yeah. One is... Is at Justin Bieber. Bieber, I just saw your movie with my best friend, because there's several D's. And then something that resembles like a smiley face, but facing a different direction than I'm used to. And then they add the hashtag, blew my mind. And then there's a heart thing. Uh, Please follow me back. It will make my Friday. Uh, and then some other strange emoticon that I've, that I'm apparently too old to understand. But okay, so th- this person was blown, their mind was blown by this. Then there's another one. I think that's the first time in my life I've put on pants left, uh, leg, right leg blew my mind. Or, Whoa. and then somebody just watched the sixth sense that blew their mind. So I think we can do better, listeners. Yeah. Um, if, if you encounter some cool bit of science, if we, uh, you know, I dare I say, if we blow your mind with some cool bit of, of science or, or just a, a cool idea or a contemplation on, uh, on the world around us, uh, share it on Twitter. Uh, throw on that hashtag and let's, uh, let's reclaim the blew my mind hashtag from, uh, the people who are a large, there's some, there are some good posts out there, but, but from the, largely the people who are misusing it on dull things.
0: Yeah, I like that. Let's reclaim it. Uh, let's, let's give some justice to blew my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed.
0: And hey, if you have any thoughts that you would like to share with us, please do so at BlowTheMind at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.